it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. Welcome to Information Operation. Jackie Toborov is a concerned citizen. She's running for City Council District 1 in Manhattan in New York City. She's also uh, fighting for safety, especially in Washington Square Park near NYU. And she's also a, a mother of two. Welcome, Jackie. Nice to be here. Nice to meet you. So tell us about your campaign. What made you run? Uh, and and what, what are you really worried about and concerned about in Manhattan? So... I've never run for political office before. I've grown up in Manhattan, born and raised here. I'm 43 years old. I'm raising my two children here. And all of this is in Manhattan. I used to love this city and I now hate this city. Uh, but not all of us can get up and leave. I'm divorced. Other people have real issues, be it financial, uh, they're stuck here. So right. being we're stuck here, we actually need to make it livable. The return on investment is just too low. We're paying very high taxes. No one knows where the money is going. I mean, you can look at Thrive. You can just walk outside of your apartment and there are homeless people all over. Uh, as I said, I'm born and raised here. I have never had an issue in Manhattan. And trust me, I'm social. I go out all the time. And since June of 2020, I've been attacked or nearly attacked four times in broad daylight with my children in Tribeca, in Soho, in traditionally safe areas. Right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm running as a concerned citizen. I'm running because I cannot leave here. And I really do care. And I love Manhattan. That's why I'm running. So what has been the response from your district? Tell us about the district and, uh, you know, how are people reacting to what you're trying to do? So District 1 is Greenwich, parts of Greenwich Village all the way south. It's Tribeca, Battery Park, Soho, Lower East Side, Fidei, Nolita, Little Italy. Uh, there are approximately 150,000 people living in this district. And it's very diverse it's traditionally safe areas and all people, all people are united in hatred over what is going on here. The majority of my friends by default are Democrats. I'm in Manhattan. Those are the majority of my friends. And if you take away our political parties, we all share the exact same concerns. Number one is safety for absolutely everyone, uh, especially moms, we're soft targets. And number two is the school situation, not just the fact that schools have been closed, but CRT, the curriculum that's going on in schools. So these are the two main concerns. Uh, there are others, of course. There is mm -hmm. the homeless pandemic. Uh, there is the rezoning, but that's very specific to uh, my area. 
But really the top two are safety and schools. So tell us about what you're doing in Washington Park. In Washington so, Park Park. All right. Well, having grown up here, I went to NYU and then I transferred and I graduated from Parsons. So I uh -huh. grew up again in Washington Square Park. It was where right. I used to hang out. Um, it was an area that actually was really emblematic of the downtown vibe. You mm -hmm. have artists, you have uh, free thinkers. Um, it's a melting pot. And it was really just this verdant area. It hosts three playgrounds mm -hmm. uh, that was a destination. It's, it's the jewel of downtown. Sure. And it's now the whole of downtown. And it is a microcosm of absolutely everything that is wrong with the policy from the left. Um, drugs are, it's, it's a hostile takeover really is what it is. You have drug dealers, you have drug users, you have people with mental health issues terrorizing caregivers milling around with their children in any of the three parks. There are syringes on the floor. There mm -hmm. are frequent fights. Um, there, it's a quality of life issue. It's, it's terrorizing the neighborhood. So I wrote an op-ed, it was featured in the New York Post. Um, a curfew was put into place, but the problem with the curfew is we don't want a curfew. We're New Yorkers. There should not be a curfew. What there should be is good policy that right. leads to, if you create some sort of criminal act, you get arrested, you get prosecuted, you get thrown in jail, and it's a deterrent for the next person to go ahead and do that. But right. of course, that's not what there is. There's this ridiculous curfew. And uh, after this curfew, what happened was Community 2 had a meeting and I went and there were really some alarming observations. Firstly, I was attacked by a group of people. Um, it's mm. on my Instagram. And mm. then once I finally got inside the church to discuss it, what was so amazing was the people, the community members are for whatever reason, unable to connect the dots. They mm. are probably majority liberal. Yeah. And this is a group of people that have voted in a regime that has now been terrorizing their constituents. I mean, yeah. it's really, it is crazy. And and the people, these people at the community two board meeting were fighting over curfew times, whether it should be 10 p.m., 1030 p.m., uh, midnight. How about no? How about we start connecting the fact that if you vote for city council members who are more radical than Bill de Blasio, what you yeah. were going to get is defunding the police. You were going to get no qualified immunity. You were going to get CCRB, which is Civilian Complaint Review Board brought to us by city council. Hmm. And you were going to get no cash bill. So all of these things contribute to police being hampered and criminals being emboldened and ridiculous arguing over a curfew, you know? Right. So how do your, I mean, are any of your democratic friends, I mean, you can't be in New York and not have a lot of liberal friends. So are, how are they reacting? I mean, are they starting to open their eyes or come over to this point of view or yeah. Uh, you say they're not connecting the dots, at least in the community, but what about the friends you circulate with? I think even though they're not connecting the dots, yeah. they 
already feel, look, we all feel something is wrong. Every right. single person in, in school, uh, walking around the, the streets, feels something wrong. If you, if you take the temperature when you're walking outside and you see grown men checking their backs, looking to their sides, you can tell something is a sconce. It doesn't mm. feel right. And we all know it. So that they haven't yet connected the dots is one thing, but just the fact that they're already feeling something, I think might be enough to kind of percolate some sort of movement here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I think that's what's going on. And I think what's important, again, is just spreading this message, um, reclaiming this dialogue, this false narrative of what's going on, of that it's so uncool to be a Republican. Look, the sexiest people I know are conservatives. Uh, we're all about freedom. There right. is nothing sexy about the left right now. Uh, they are the party of crime, uh, of death and diaspora. There's yeah, just I, would, I would call it ugly more than sexy <laughs> on the left. So um, what is your strategy? I mean, you, you've got a long road to hoe, obviously, but what, what, how do you get from A to B and, uh, and, and, and make a difference and get elected, frankly? So it's really, uh, it's something that I work on every day because I have realized I have two opponents. So I'm on the Republican side. There is mm -hmm. a progressive and then there is an independent and mm -hmm. it's a machine, that machine, that progressive machine is uh, it's, it's strong and they have this whole apparatus behind them. So what I've been trying to do is get as much visibility as possible, get outside, be as loud as possible, have a call to action. Uh, Hi, mom friend, you are so miserable here. Do you really wanna vote the same way again? Can you tell two of your other mom friends about this? Uh, the election's November 2nd. And then the other thing I think that's really important is to educate people on the importance of city council. Maybe intentionally, mm -hmm. the media uh, has been really silent as to what city council does and just how important it is. Do you mind if I just say what it what it yeah, is? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> so city council has 51 members in New York and three of those 51 are Republican. Approximately yeah. 40 of them right now are being term limited out and the election is the same day as the mayoral election. It's November 2nd. So mm -hmm. this is our chance to actually make our area better. And how can we do that with city council? So city council controls the entire budget. All right. We are the check and balance for the mayor. It turns out that as bad as de Blasio is, he's actually reigning in these radical city council members. Wow. It is city council that defunded voted to defund the police. Uh, city council, in addition to allocating the entire budget, they vote on and create legislation, which I actually have already crafted a piece of policy, which I will introduce if I get elected day one. And it's oh. called the Parents' Bill of Rights, and I'll get into that in a second. But uh, we also monitor all local city agencies like the DOE, the Department of Education. That is super near and dear to my heart. And the NYPD, those are my two platform issues. So do you want a progressive in charge of the DOE or the NYPD? I don't think so. Well, you know, with Giuliani, it just had to get worse bad enough for people to vote somebody like him in. So maybe we're hitting that that depth again. I mean, I think that there's been a, a movement 
around, especially the masking in school. You talk about education. What is it, what is happening in New York when it comes to this fall? Are are they going to force masks? Are they going to force vaccines? All of that. I mean, what what are you what are you hearing in the city? Yeah, I'm hearing that they are. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm hearing masks are 100%. Hmm. Uh, I think it's child abuse. I'm completely against this. It's Again, yeah. if someone wants to ply themselves with 10 masks, go ahead. Mm -hmm. I just don't mm -hmm. understand why, um, if they work and if that's someone's position, why they need to put that upon someone else. But I'm totally against masks and I'm 100% convinced that they are coming back in September for school children, including my own. Mm. And um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm really concerned about that. I'm also concerned about mandating vaccines. Right, right. Are moms getting angry about that in your school system? Do you I mean, do you feel the, not feel enough. the pressure? Not no. enough. Yeah, not really. To mm. be honest, not enough. And there are a multitude mm. of reasons. Um, people, they have hijacked parents' fear. Uh, mm. In the dead of night, while we were all suffering through COVID, uh, starting in March 2020, in the dead of night over the summer, uh, with George Floyd, all of these new actions came into place that that not only no one knew about, but no one could even mentally grapple with. I mean, we were really dealing with as a parent. Look. I'm a divorced mom of two. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have two children, one in lower school, one in middle school. I am dealing with completely alternating schedules, um, working, yeah. um, doing homework. You know, I'm uh, becoming a stay-at-home teacher on many occasions, yeah. um, which I'm ill-equipped to do. We're in tiny, cramped Manhattan apartments. Mm -hmm. There's no gym. There's no culture. There's no sports. Uh, there was no dining. It's it's New York City. You know, it's it was a horrible situation, and they they really took advantage. The DOE took advantage of the fragile state of parents, and also the financial situation that parents were grappling with, losing their jobs, uh, having to quit, leave their jobs. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it was a horrible situation, and. The other reality of this is we know we have nowhere to go. Yeah. So private schools are bad. Public schools are no-go zones. Mm. Uh, look, the truth is when people say homeschool, how easy and how realistic is that for someone living in 900 square feet in Manhattan with yeah. multiple children? Really? I mean, and, and by mm -hmm. the way, part of education is socializing. It's sure. problem solving. It's getting into fights. Um, conflict resolution. Yeah, it, it's all of these things, and um, it, it's also the physicality, touching someone, you know, seeing someone smile, seeing someone upset. So all of these things were taken away for over a year. Um, I don't, I don't know how that gets better with the current regime we have. We've seen yeah. it's working in Florida. I mean, they figured something out there. COVID doesn't look different there. The variant doesn't look different there. What looks different? in Florida is the leadership. Exactly right. So tell us about the Bill of Rights you're you're putting together for parents. That's interesting. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to come in with policy created immediately. I don't want to be one of these people that sits there and does nothing. So it's going to be called the Parents' Bill of Rights. And what it really looks to do is make parents the new union members. Um, personally speaking, we've had our rights stripped from us 
for whatever reason, the, the state now thinks they own our bodies and our children. Mm -hmm. um, I object, I reject this. So the Parents' Bill of Rights is going to do something which basically says that within 90 days of the start of school in September, the school has to provide a syllabus and curriculum for the entire year and it cannot be changed. Because hmm. part of what we've seen is schools have completely strayed from their mission statement. Of, yeah, of course, CRT and everything. Yeah. yeah. Right. So parents want to know, and I know that 90 days isn't a lot, but it at least gives someone a cushion to say, hey, look, uh, I actually am not on board with what this school is offering. I'm moving, I'm leaving, I'm either leaving states, I'm changing mm -hmm. schools, but they have at least a cushion to do something. Uh, we were left in a lurch this past year. And even now we're all waiting on pins and needles to see not only what the curriculum is going to be, but you know, will there be school or will there be masks? So we wanna know what's going on. So it's going to be 90 days. We want the entire syllabus and mission statement within 90 days and hmm. it will not be able to be changed uh unless they get 80 percent of the parental majority and it has mm -hmm. to be after two months of what was already agreed to taking place it will also give parents the right if they request any sort of transcripts to have them within 14 days i've heard from multiple people in public schools they would reach out crickets never got their transcripts hmm. never got word that their child wasn't attending classes so it again puts more power into uh, caregivers uh, and parents. And then the third thing, which is my personal favorite, is to opt out of any moronic email that the school sends that is outside of the purview of education. Uh, for example, this current DOE, Mesha Ross Porter, who is even more extreme than the former Carranza, has been blasting over 250,000 parents, uh, cop bashing missives, uh, things that are completely outside of the scope of education and parents are completely disinterested in it. Mm -hmm. um, seeing the people actually that are most upset because the majority of public school students in New York are black and brown mm -hmm. and they get it. They are disgusted by the level of education at the public school system. So and probably disgusted over their safety as well, just like every other mom. Well, um, by the way, my progressive candidate had to sign a pledge and he is looking to get rid of all security in schools. So that should make everyone yes. stop and think before they vote for him. So uh, how can people hear about you and get involved in your campaign? So I need volunteers. Um, I need fundraising and you can go to www.com. Uh, Jackie, J-A-C-K-I-E, for F-O-R-N-Y-C. That's J-A-C-K-I-E-F-O-R-N-Y-C. Or you can visit me on Instagram at Jacqueline for NYC, which is J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E-F-O-R-N-Y-C. Well, great. We want to have you back on uh, down the road and see how things are going uh, maybe before November 2nd. And uh, we'll... We'll get this out and spread the word and hopefully you can get some help, not just in Manhattan, but from around the country. So thank you, Jackie. I appreciate your time. Because no one wants us. They don't want Manhattanites to turn up blue. So you guys need to help us. Definitely. That is definitely <laughs> the truth. And it can turn blue. It's done it before. So we just have to get everybody involved. Thanks, Jackie. We'll have you back. Thank you. Take care. Take care.